Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Okay, Jude, there's only one chapter. All right, settle down, settle down. Jude 3. Verse 3, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which is once for all delivered to the saints. For certain men have crept in unnoticed who long ago were marked out For this condemnation, ungodly men and women, I might add, who turn the grace of God into lewdness and deny our only Lord God, our Lord Jesus, and our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, move in power, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. There is... There is a great battle going on for, uh, the, for the faith. Uh, there has always been a great battle going on for the faith. It's, it's nothing new. And over, over the ages, there has been always an assignment, doctrines of demons that try to creep in to destroy the church. Uh, it's crucial to, uh, to rightly divide the word. It's crucial to discuss doctrine and to understand God's Word, Old Testament, New Testament, it's, it's crucial. So we endeavor to do that, and we have classes uh, to help you grow in the knowledge of the Lord, knowledge of the Word, knowledge of truth. Jude 3, we found it necessary there's this warning, even at the time of its writing, there were those that came to distort the message of grace. Those that came to distort the word of God. And what you believe about God is the most important thing you will believe ever. Let me say that again. What you believe about God is the most important thing you believe. Your belief about God had best come from God's word. If it doesn't come from God's word, then you're in some serious trouble. I was sharing my faith and talking to a young man who grew up in church. I just got touched. Anybody else? Hallelujah. (laughs) Happens every time. Springtime, summer, just a little crack of a Harley or something going by. Just, hey. like a motor praying in tongues or something. And all the men said. <laughs> and all the ladies said. All right, a couple, late, a couple motorhead ladies in here. God bless you. <laughs> when I pull up to a light, I'm, di- I'm digressing. When I pull up to a light or a... Uh, or I'm pulling up to a light and I see like a hot car, you know, especially, especially I'm just, you know, the 60s, 70s, some of those older hot rod. I, I will adjust to where I'm driving so I can get next to it. Just so, And when, when, when it's just idling, 
and it's just kind of torquing out there at the light. I roll my I roll my window down, and my son and I are like, "Oh yeah, that's just awesome." Oh God, yes. I, and my wife loves it too. She admits it. Okay. What you believe about God has got to come from God's word. I was witnessing to a young man and talking to him. He grew up in a, uh, a spirit-filled church here in Alaska. And as I was talking to him about the Lord and about salvation, he, it wasn't foreign to him. But he went on to tell me boldly, well, here's what I believe. And he began to tell me what he believes. It reminds me of when I was witnessing to a guy last summer as he's pumping propane. <laughs> oh, yeah. He says, uh, no, I, I believe in Shangri-La. I said, what? Shangri-La, that, that's, like, that's like a book. What are you talking about? That's like a book that's fictitious. Some of you remember the movie Shangri-La, the book, the place of Shangri-La. I forget the author that wrote that. He said, no, nothing really matters, and I just believe in Shangri-La, and one day we'll all be shangri la he said, where did you come up with that? He said, well, I came up with it in my own mind. I said, well, there's a problem with that. There's a problem with you coming to the, the God of your own understanding. There has to be a clear representation of truth, and we have to understand God on God's terms, not on ours. So... Jude writes, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly, says another version, for the faith that was once and delivered for all the saints. Verse 4, for certain men, that certain men and women, certain ones have crept in unnoticed. Now, it doesn't mean that they crept into the church and nobody sees them. When you can look around and see people, what was unnoticed was their false teaching. Certain events in recent weeks have spurred me to share this message to you. The truth is that God loves you with all of his strength and empowers you to love him with all of yours. Let me say that again. God loves you with all of his strength and empowers you to love him with all your, your strength. He loves you with all of his and empowers you to love him with all of yours. Any message that comes to you that encourages you to love God half-hearted or half-stepping, isn't from God. And there's a false message of grace out there that says that you can just, you know, you can do whatever you want and it's all going to be good. That's not true. I want you to turn to John 14, please. Man, we had church this morning. And um, the only thing, I think I might have missed God at the second service, and that I didn't just slam it right into the first and not have any break. Of course, it's third service? Right. Of course, Pastor Kirsten doesn't agree, and all of our workers back there are praying in emergency tongues as the second service went long. But heaven came down in the second service. All the services were anointed. All of them were wonderful, but something happened in the second service. How many of you were there experienced that? It was just like, boom, God just broke in. Uh, John 14, and uh, I was touched by the Lord. Uh, 
Before we read John 14, let me read this to you. Mark 12, 30. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. I mean, think about, think about what all your strength is. And that's strength, physical strength. It's emotional strength. It's, it's intellectual strength. It's all of your strength. To love God with all of your strength. Wow. Jesus defined loving him on his terms, his terms of obedience. Now, this is not popular, but I'm just telling you, if you don't learn to love God on his terms, then you're not going to have the kind of full life that he wants you to have. So I'm going to talk about grace. I'm going to look in the book of Romans, talking about Jude, talking about contending for truth, for biblical truth, and, in, and specifically about righteousness. Now, I'm so glad that many of you bring your kids. I was listening to a sermon that I preached recently talking about children, how children should come. And I believe that, you know, we, we don't have children's ministry on Sunday night. And all the children's workers said, wee! But it's more than giving the children's workers a break. It's, it's so that your kids are in church together with a family. And um, if, you, if you don't have a parenting style that can... I'm going to try to say this as sweet as I can. You need to develop, let me say it differently. It would be best for you and your family if you developing, develop a parenting technique that helps your children to obey you. And so that they're not running rampant. I mean, I've had people say, I can't come Sunday night because my kid can't stand still. Well, that's not the kid's problem. That's actually your challenge. Because you need to, you've got to remember, you've got to teach your children, right? And um, I know, puppy dog tails and whatever else, boys are boys are boys and girls are boys and vinegar and something else. I don't know, I, I'm just saying. What? No, right, exactly. <laughs> girls are girls. <laughs> this is like my 75th service in a row. Come on, give me a break. Boys are boys, girls are girls, and, and, but you need to teach them. You need to instruct them. And so I'm going to say some things and look at the scripture briefly tonight, just another 15 minutes or so. And though there's kids here might be shooting over their head, it's going to go into some of their hearts. If you don't get what I'm preaching to you tonight, if you don't get this, internalize it and make it truth for you. Accept it. Get it deep down in your spirit. You'll never walk in a way of, uh, in the way of power, resurrection power. You'll never, you'll never be able to move into all that God has. You'll be falling short. So John 14, you're all there? Jesus said, if you love me, you keep my commandments. Can we put that on the screen? Do we have a screen put a upper person? We do good. John 14, verse 15. I'm going to turn there. If you're all there, say amen. amen. All right. Matthew, Mark, Zechariah. Zephaniah, John. I'm almost there. John 14. It's too late. I gave up on the screen. John 14. I'm going to follow through. John 14. Go to verse. You guys are paying attention. If you love me, keep my commandments. So let's just stop right there. If you say you love God, then you've got to keep his word. Okay, verse 16. And I'll pray the Father will give you another helper. Hallelujah, that's the Holy Spirit. 
that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells in you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. Come on, somebody say, praise the Lord. I will come to you a little while longer. All right, go down to verse 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me shall be loved by the Father, and I will love him and manifest, whoa, manifest myself to him. The manifestation of God in our lives is largely contingent upon you obeying. So many people want the outpouring of the Spirit, but they don't want to put up their sin. They want God to manifest, but they don't want to tithe. They want God to show up in power, but they don't, want to re- they don't want to yield to him. They don't want to obey his word. They want to serve God on their own, on their own, you know, their own set of rules. Well, that's not how it works. That's, that's not a biblical recipe for walking in power and authority. That's not the biblical recipe for the life and life abundant. If you really love God, then, then that actually works out. He has a prescribed way of loving him. The prescribed way of loving him is obeying his word. Right, right, right. One of the ways you know how people feel about you is how they take care of that which you love. So if they don't give a flip about what you really care for, well, they don't really care about you. Say law. The grace of God is being distorted in numerous ways, and I did a whole series on this uh, back in 2014, but I'll be uh, touching on it as the Lord leads me. The grace of God is distorted in two different ways. One, the one way that the grace of God is distorted, and this is what we need to contend for, a proper understanding of the grace of God and a proper way of walking before him in righteousness. There's a right there's a way of being righteous apart from the law, as we said in Romans. If you misunderstand the grace of God, it usually ends up in two different types of distortion. One, that you would have this understanding that you have to earn God's love. You'd have an understanding you have to earn God's love. So you just have to do more of the right stuff. And you know, it's a performance orientation as, uh, I think it's Elijah House is a counseling technique that we, have, that we are familiar with. And in Elijah House, they have this, uh, a, uh, an understanding about people who have performance orientation. And what that is, is that with greater success, in other words, greater accolades, more home runs, more three-pointers, more victory, then they experience greater sense of fulfillment, satisfaction, and, and well-being about themselves. That they're... they're their performance, the way that they perform, dictates if they're loved or not. So in other words, if they don't hit the home run and they don't sink the three-pointer and they can't cross up and break ankles and, you know, do the touchdown or win the thing or, or whatever it is for girls. You understand? No, I'm, I'm like sports-minded, so I'll have sports illustrations come out. You understand. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's important that you understand. It, if your performance, if you have a performance orientation, you'll never feel good about yourself unless you win all the time. Come on. Come on. Winning isn't everything. That's right. 
It's the only thing. Amen. Praise God. Amen. That's not true. That's not true. That's not true. That's not true. Jesus, that's not true. <laughs> but you won't feel like you've got the victory. And, and it comes many times from our fathers or from our mothers, you know, where you didn't hit the ball or you didn't get the home run. And, you know, well, how come you didn't? You can do better. You got to try harder. Oh, but when you hit the ball over the fence and dad took you for a, an ice cream cone, he, he really was warm and encouraging to you. Do you understand? And it, and it sets in motion a, a pattern in one's soul of feeling successful and strong and victorious when they hit the home run. Do you, do you understand the illustration? When they have the victory or they've done that which is perceived to be right by those in authority over them or even their peers. We okay? My fly's not down or anything. We good? Okay, praise God. That's a bondage. And if you don't understand God's grace, you'll fall to the distortion that you have to earn God's love. Many here know the truth of God's word or in their mind, but in practicality, they don't. Let me run that through again. You know that you really know God's word when you're living it out and it becomes, it, it, it's, it can't just be here. It can't be here. It has to be here, and it has to be lived out. That's the one distortion, earning God's love. You don't understand God's grace. You'll be distorted in one or two ways. One, you'll believe you have to earn it. Two, a half-hearted response. And this is the common one now. This is the one that's common to what's happening across America, this half-hearted response to receiving God's grace. In other words, it's that which doesn't really motivate you to live for God with all your heart. If you haven't really understood God's grace, when you fully understand God's grace, and I don't, I don't uh, prescribe to say that I fully understand it. It's a mystery. But when you have, a, let me say, a beginning, a real beginning and understanding of God's grace, it motivates you to live for God with everything you have. And so if your understanding of God's grace doesn't motivate you to live for God with everything you have, you have a distortion. Is that simple? All right. Grace speaks of receiving God's undeserved love and power. It's important to uh, have a foundation and understand the gospel in terms of how it's presented in truth in the book of Romans. Romans is, and we'll go there now, Romans is the, the theology of Paul. And it's so powerful. It, the book of Romans, as many of you know, has brought more revivals than any other book in all of Scripture. Romans is what caused Martin Luther to begin to declare justification by faith and faith alone and write the thesis and nail him on the church at Wormberg, brought the Protestant Reformation. The book of Romans did. He was studying the book of Romans. And when he saw all the atrocities and the lies that came from the Catholic Church and the, the uh, purgatory and all the nonsensical things and indulgences and, you know, it, it caused him to get so upset that he wrote those 95 theses on 
put it up on the church door and it started the Protestant Reformation. He would have been killed, but God supernaturally protected him. And he transcribed the Bible into the language of the people and it was printed on Gutenberg's printing press. The very first book that was ever printed was on Gutenberg's printing press. The printing press was just invented. You think all of that's by accident? Listen, I don't care what the New York Times says about a lot of stuff, and, and just certainly the number one selling book of all time still has been, always will be, the Bible. They don't, lift it on the, they don't list it there, but it's true. All around the world. Romans has the most complete presentation of God's grace. Go to Romans 1. Romans 1 and verse uh, 18, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and all unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. He goes on to talk about that through verse 32. And what he's saying basically is that the immoral person is guilty before God without Jesus. You're like, well, no kidding. I know, no kidding, right. Yeah, immoral people are guilty. We're all guilty before God Amen. without Christ. Right. With Christ, that's different. That's grace. Without Jesus, we're busted. Yeah. In Romans 2, let me just walk you through this real quick. Romans 2, verse 1. Therefore, you are inexcusable. Oh, man, he's talking to you. He's talking to us. You're inexcusable. And he goes on to talk about how the moral person, this is from verse 1 through verse 16, that even the moral person, the person who's, who's moral, has morals, morality, even the moral person is straight busted and guilty and not righteous before God without Christ either. I probably should have read this to this person who pitched a fit earlier this morning. That religious, religious demons are the worst. Wow. Well, all demons are bad. So Romans 1, 18 to, 18 to 32 is the immoral person is guilty before God. Romans 2, 1 through 16, the moral person is guilty before God. Here's this religious one. This is Romans 2, 17 through Romans 3, 8. This is the religious person. So the immoral person's guilty. Well, we all accept that. Everybody's like, yeah, amen. Come on, give me an amen. amen. Okay, the moral person. Now, that's a little bit shocking for some because you're like, well, I'm, I'm good. I'm a good person. Well, you ain't good enough, slick, because if you could be good enough, then Jesus never had to die, homeboy. But he did have to die because you ain't good enough. The moral person going to split hell wide open too. Oh, but let's go another. He goes on to talk about, I just got excited for a second. I'm feeling better. I'm going to take my jacket off. The, the religious person. So the religious person also is going to split hell wide open without Jesus. That's Romans 2, 3 through 8. So we say, well, I, I go to church. <laughs> the devil goes to church too. I heard a story long ago. The devil came to church one day. Everybody freaked out. I mean, 
There was pandemonium. They were hitting all the exits, running for their lives. There was one man, about three rows back, didn't flinch, didn't move, didn't do anything. Finally, the devil looked him straight in the eye and said, how come you ain't running? He says, I ain't scared of you. I've been married to your sister for years. <laughs> for those of you that are offended, let me say this a different way. There was a woman. She's sitting there three, day, three rows back. The devil says to her, how come you ain't running? She says, I ain't scared of you. I've been married to your brother for years. <laughs> okay, we're even. We're even. All right. That is theologically inaccurate, all right? I'm just saying that's not in the Bible. It's a joke, so you can just enjoy that. Um, amen. Romans 3. You guys look so serious tonight. I just thought I'd throw a little spice up on that thing. Pastor Kirsten told me to say it. Romans 3. <laughs> Hate you. Do you remember Romans 3? Verse uh, 9. What then? Are we better than they? Not at all. For we have previously charged both Jews and Greeks. They're all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one, there is no one who understands. There is none who seek after God. They've all turned aside. They've together become unprofitable. There is none that does good. No, not one. Their throats are an open tomb. Their tongue, they have practiced, with their tongue they have practiced deceit. The poison of asps. That's a, that's a uh, snake. Is under their lips whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. He, he's talking about the fact that all people are guilty. Everyone, even the most seemingly righteous one without Christ, you're guilty. You have to come to a revelation. If you don't have a revelation of your guilt and sin, they'll take you straight to hell. If you don't have a revelation of that, then your salvation is incomplete. You have to have an understanding of that. See, if you don't really understand what you've been delivered from, you'll never have real joy. You'll never have re the real hope, that the biblical hope and strength that God has for you. Romans 4. Salvation by faith is illustrated. Romans 4, 1 through 25, and it's illustrated in the life of two famous fa Jewish fathers, Abraham, who lived before the law of Moses, and David, who lived after the law of Moses. Salvation by faith. See, we must realize the full meaning of grace when we understand that our sinfulness deserves God's wrath. Do you have to be so serious about it? Without holiness, no man will see the Lord. But no man can be holy without Jesus. It doesn't matter how good you are. But with, in Christ, there's imparted righteousness and imputed, imputed righteousness and imparted righteousness. 
I, I, I talked this morning in one of the services. I think I preached three different messages this morning and enjoyed it. It was great. My vocal cords took a bit of a thrashing as like somehow the devil got on my monitor and got unplugged somehow, but the Lord is good. And I looked at, at uh, the altar of justification and the altar of sanctification, talking specifically about Gideon in Judges chapter 6. So God visits Gideon. He's weak. He's threshing wheat at a wine press. That's not what you do with a wine press. And God reveals himself to him. In fact, it's capital L-O-R-D. It's a theophany. It's the Lord comes and visits him. Many people believe it's a visible manifestation, which is visible manifestation of God in the Old Testament is called a theophany. Many believe that it's the Lord that comes to visit Gideon, calls him a mighty man of valor, and he's hiding. The enemies undermined his authority, undermined his identity. The le- I'm, I'm the least, I'm the smallest, I don't have anything. His confidence is undermined. It's what, it's what the enemy's done to the church. And, and Gideon's real with God, and I like that. You need to be real with him. Gideon's like, well, if the Lord's with us, then how come we're so jacked up? If the Lord's with us, then why are we still, why are we still impoverished? Why is Midian here? Why am I threshing wheat at a wine press? If God's with us. And the angel says, go in the strength that you have. He said, I've heard of your miracles and your signs. If God's with us, where are all the signs and wonders? And he says, go. The reason is there was no Moses. There was no Joshua. And God was calling Gideon to be the next leader of Israel. And many times we don't see the display of God's power and grace. Because there's many people that don't preach it, don't want to offend anybody. We're happy to offend you. I don't want to offend you on purpose, but if God's word's offending you, well, change. Get mad at me. You can get mad at me and leave. Stay busted, disgusted, broken, torn up from the flow up and all jacked up if you want to. But if you want to get free, obey God's word. Don't look at me with that tone of voice. Pastor Kirsten. I've known Pastor Kirsten for 20 years. and old, Longer than that. In fact, Pastor Kirsten has made 20 years on staff and Minister Kimmy, 20 years. I remember I met you guys. You were like 15 years old at the, at the Maha property up at Uncle Pastor Chris's. Still wet behind the ears. Look at you now. So appreciate you. Put your hands together for these guys. Woman. They're a great... They're some of the finest pastors there are. I really esteem you. I mean that. I want to crack a joke, but I'm not going to. I, you know, anyway, I just, uh, yeah, really appreciate you. Forgot what I was talking about. Yeah, Gideon, altar of justification, sanctification. Thank you, Pastor Christian. Justification, sanctification. Many people don't build right. You know, what he says to Gideon is he says, go, t- go kill, take your father's bull. Go, go take down the, 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 the altar to Baal and cut down the Asherah pole. I'll shoot high on this. You know what an Asherah pole is? Okay. All of that stuff is just all perverted, all right? So that's all I'll say about that. And many people try to build their lives, try to build their new life on top of the altar of Baal. They never deal with the fact of their own immorality because in their minds, many people think that they're really okay. I mean, really, they're really a good person deep down. I mean, they've got some failings, but really deep down. No, you're not. No, you're not. 
You're not really a good person deep down. You're really deceitfully wicked above all else without God's grace, without God's power, without, without Jesus. You're a, you're a jerk. You know it. Pastor Kirsten, I got to go back. Pastor Karen. Is a jerk a bad? Is a jerk bad? Without Jesus, you're a fool and you're lost in your sin. Even if you're moral, even if you're religious, even if you're even the immoral person, the moral person, the religious person, all have fallen short. All people without Jesus still split hell wide open. We all are deserving of God's wrath. And only by Jesus are you washed and cleansed. Without that, you're finished. That revelation should move in you passion when you really understand it of what you deserve. That revelation should release in you a passion to serve God out of great gratitude because of where you were headed, where you were going. That's what real grace will produce in you, not how close you can get to sin and still go to heaven. Now, where's, where's the line? And you're what, So, I mean, I've had people say to me, I've had people say to me, you know, where, where's, where's the line? Like, is it okay? I mean, I know Jesus said that if you look upon a woman to lust after her, then you've already committed adultery. But it's not really what it means, is it, Pastor? I said, no, it is actually. Amen. Yeah, but I mean, really? Really? Yeah. Yeah, really. It really it is. But people dismiss that and water down truth and righteousness and holiness. One of the things that's so important, I was talking to Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. when he was here. He said that the, the moment you start preaching about holiness and you are no longer invited to many of the main, the main meetings and conferences across the world, you start talking about holiness, and we could just name names of these mega conferences and stuff. Holiness is not a big message there. Oh, no, it's all about worship and, and music. Amazing worship. Oh, much of it's amazing. But you'll begin, you're beginning to see like a thread of, of unscriptural things woven into worship now, too. And holiness is not a popular message. But without holiness, no man will see the Lord. Come on, lift your hands to Jesus. Such a simple word. We need God's grace. We need God's power. Hallelujah. Lord, help us. Worship team, would you come, would you come on the piano for me? I just want piano, nothing else. Thanks. Now, a righteous, now the righteousness of God apart from the law, apart from earning it, is revealed. Revealed, made known. Being witnessed by the law, verse 22, even the righteousness of God through faith. Let me read it to you in the message version. It's a message version is paraphrased. Romans 3, 21 to 24. Listen to this. But in our time, something new has been added. What Moses and the prophets witnessed to all those years has happened. The God setting things right that we read about 
has become Jesus setting things right for us. And not only for us, but for everyone who believes in him. For there's no difference between us and them in this. Since we have compiled this long and sorry record as sinners, both us and them, and prove that we are utterly incapable of living the glorious lives God wills for us. God did it for us. Out of sheer generosity, he put us in right standing with himself, a pure gift. He got us out of this mess we're in and restored us to where he always wanted us to be. And he did it by means of Jesus Christ. Boy, I like that. You can't do it on your own. And it was never intended for you to do it on your own. You were the redeemed of the Lord by the blood of Jesus. You can't earn it. You just have to receive it. And when you really do receive it, it'll work in you like a, like a mighty dynamo, producing in you grace, producing in you gratitude, and a heart of thanksgiving. Think about where you, think about where he brought you out of. I'm so grateful for my testimony. I'm so grateful for the testimony of my son. Two very different testimonies. The keeping power of God. The grace of God. The power of God. I'm so grateful. For while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The simple message of grace. Simple. You deserve death. So do I. The message you got yourself in, you can't earn your way out. You can't pay your way out. You could surrender your body to the flames. You can give all that you have to the poor and it will be utterly, it was nothing. I mean, it'll mean nothing. There's nothing you can do. No, not one thing. And if you think that you can, then you're just trying to, then you're just, you just swallowed a, you just swallowed the pill. I mean, Romans talks about that. If you're moral, you still go to hell without Jesus. Even if you do right all your life, it's not enough. If you're immoral, well, Romans 1, immoral, goes on, Romans 2, moral, goes on to talk about religious people, and then it goes on, Romans 4, all people, everyone, everyone, all people have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Everyone, everyone. Are you telling me that if Mother Teresa, all that she did for the poor in Calcutta, without Jesus, would go to hell. That's exactly what I'm saying. It's not even what I'm saying. It's what the Bible says. It's what the Bible says. She went, I don't think that's fair. Who cares how you think about it? You're not God. But when you begin to, when you begin to make a God of your own understanding, come on, Romans 1 talks about that. You get away from the truth of God's word and you'll end up in a deep deception and there's demons that want to pull you there and there's men that'll creep into churches all over the place, men, I mean men and women, trying to seduce people, doctrines of demons and a false grace message that says, well, you're just forgiven no matter what you do. You know, that's not true either. You're forgiven when you apply the grace of God through repentance, a lifestyle of repentance. And there is no other 
way. So I don't like that. I know. I, I know. It, it's not designed for you to like it. It is the truth. And you know you love God by the way you live. He said, well, I'm not doing it perfect yet. Well, he's working in you. That's the sanctification process. Amen. Justification, just as if you never sinned. And then sanctification. Sanctification is the ongoing work of the Spirit as you partner with God's grace, God's unmerited favor and power to live for Him releases an imparted righteousness. Imputed righteousness comes by Christ Jesus. So you're made righteous because He is righteous and He covers you with His blood. So, so you're just righteous because you just decided to believe the free gift, the grace, the, the power. The, so you're made righteous by His blood. But then then really when your mind is renewed and you start understanding what that is and you begin to step up into living right, that is the imparted righteousness. But if you, if, you, if you don't build right, you build on a shifty altar and you don't really repent. You build on top of the Baal. You build on top of the Asherah pole and just think it's okay. Or maybe continue to have that and claim God's grace. You are not going to make it. Is this, am I getting through to anybody today? This living for Jesus is amazing. It's amazing. He's amazing. Come on, lift your hands to heaven all across this place. It's the simple message of the gospel. It's the simple message of God's grace because of what Jesus has done. It's so simple, yet we make it so hard, and the enemy comes. Come on, lift your hands to Jesus. Come on, stand up on your feet all across this place. Amazing grace. Amazing grace, how sweet. But now I'm found. I see these chains are gone. I've been set free, my God, my God, my Unending love, amazing grace. When you realize that he did it all for you, it burns something in you to just say, oh God, I just want to worship you. I just want to love you. I just want to serve you. What do you want me to do? I want to do anything for you. I'll do anything. Just say anything. What do you want me to do? I'll do it. Not because you're earning it, but because you already have it. And it's like impossible. How could that happen? Because it is amazing love for you. Amazing grace, how sweet. Come on, sing with all your heart tonight. Like me, I once. Was blind, was blind, but now I these chains are gone. Chains are. I've been set free. 
my God, my Savior. You're amazing. And like a flood, His mercy reigns on ending love. Amazing. And like a flood, like a flood, see, unending love, amazing. And like a flood, and like a flood, see you raise, unending love, amazing, amazing grace. Why don't you just thank Him? You're amazing. <laughs> You're amazing, Lord. We love you. And we worship you. Maybe you're here tonight, and that's the first time you ever heard that. That is the gospel. That gospel means good news. So the good news to you is this. Here's the bad news first. Bad news, you're headed to hell. <laughs> no matter who you are, you want to split hell wide open. You're going to hell. Yeah, without Jesus, you're going to hell. Good news, you don't have to go there, but you have to, you have to make a choice. You got to choose. You got to receive the free gift. Now, church ain't going to get you to heaven. Tithing, giving ain't going to get you. Witnessing ain't going to get you to heaven. Ain't nothing going to get you to heaven. One thing, only one thing can cover your sin and mine. Only one, only one person can cover your sin. Even in the Garden of Eden, when, when, when God came looking for Adam, and, and if God's looking for you, you're really lost. It's a joke. He made fig leaves to cover his nakedness, and the Lord said, who told you you were naked? The fig leaves are religion. It's man's way of covering his shame. No matter what you do, you could hit the ball over the fence. You could be the most amazing athlete. You could win the beauty pageant. You could just be the pinnacle of virtue, the paragon of virtue and morality. Or be, be, be the most steadfast, obedient person of, the, of religious standards and holiness. It does not matter. You can't earn God's love. You just must receive it. And when that becomes real, it'll break you. You'll be like, how, how, how could he love me? How could, how could he, how could he, do, he did what? How could he do that? He loves you. That's what love is. Let me tell you, that's what love is. God is love. Agape love. The love of God. Unconditional. Absolute. Perfectly pure. Love is not angry. It does not boast. It does not parade itself. 1 Corinthians 13. When you understand His amazing grace changes you. Maybe you're here tonight and you're not right with God. Well, I'm glad you came to this place. I'm glad you came here tonight. I didn't go long. But the truth is this. You're separated from God because of sin. Wrong thoughts, attitudes, motives. You ever lied before? Uh-huh. Right. Okay. Just once. Once. That's enough. 
You ever stolen? Yes. You ever taken the Lord's name in vain? Yes, I have. You ever lusted after a woman or a man? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. You're busted. We're all busted. Everyone. Romans makes it plain. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and we're all deserving of wrath. But God, who's rich in mercy and love, took your sin and mine. If you believe. He, He took it, but you have to receive it. So if you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, all across this place, those online, you've never received God's gift of grace, His gift of righteousness, right standing with God. All of your sin washed away, thrown as far as the east is from the west. If you've never given your life to Jesus, in a moment I'm going to ask you to boldly lift your hand up. Or perhaps you did, but you're not living for Him right now. And you know you've got compromise. you got to tear down some Baal altars and cut down the Asherah pole. And begin to live a life, not just justified, but move on into sanctification, becoming more and more like Him. Which is a work of the Spirit as we cooperate with God. Want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time or make a recommitment on the count of the three. Once you raise your hand, every head bowed, every eye closed, all across this place, those online, that's you. You want to get right with God first time or recommitment. On the count of three, you say, that's me, Pastor. You want to be included in this prayer. One, two, three. Slip your hand up. God bless you, son. God bless you. God bless you. I see that hand back there. God bless you. God bless you. Wow. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Praise God. Online, perhaps. God bless you. All right. If you're serious about it, We never want to embarrass anybody. We know that Jesus said, if you acknowledge me before men, I'll acknowledge you before my Father in heaven. But if you deny me, I will deny you. So we're going to give you an opportunity in just a moment to say, I want Jesus. I want to live for him. If you can't do it in front of a bunch of people that love God already, it'd be very difficult to do it in front of a world that hates him. As soon as we begin to sing, would you come? Come on. Just meet me right here. We're going to pray all together. Come on, all across this place. Whether you raised your hand or you didn't, come all the way up front. You know you need to be here. Don't resist him. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm away, Lord, have your way. Have your way in me, Lord, I give you. Come on, there's room for you. Come on up. I live for you. Live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment. Have your way. If you're online, you want to pray this prayer, those that are here. You just pray this with all your heart, right out loud. Close your eyes, bow your head. Do you have to say it out loud? Well, yeah, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth unto salvation. Yeah, it's important to say it out loud. So I'll lead you. Just repeat after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father. Come on, all out loud, all across this place, affirming your faith. Those up front for the first time or in recommitment. Say, Dear Heavenly Father. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin. Come into my life. Come into my heart. 
be my Lord and be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. I receive your redemption. I receive your grace, your cleansing, and a new life now. Help me to live for you all the days of my life. Give me a hunger for your word, a hunger for the things of God. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Would you lift your hands, a universal sign of surrender all across this place. I ask Holy Spirit right now that you would touch, that you right now would touch afresh. Break every chain, break every bondage, generational curses and iniquity be shattered and broken by the blood of the Lamb. I pray that you would heal those who've been wounded. That you'd pour out your spirit right now. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, come, touch, fresh. Be filled, be filled with the spirit. Leaders, would you please go ahead and just minister to these. Be filled right now. Holy Ghost, come. Holy Spirit, come, touch. Put your hand upon these to live for you all of their days. In Jesus' name, we want to spend just a few moments with you if you'd allow us the privilege. Just get some information from you. We're not going to put it on a list anywhere. We're not going to harass you. But would it be very wrong if a baby was born and that baby was abandoned and left on a doorstep? That's how it is. You come to Jesus. You've got to, you've got to learn to grow to find out what's happened. It's called discipleship. We want to help you with that. We've got all kinds of groups and programs and Welcome to the family of God. Come on, put your hands together for these. Welcome to God's family. Welcome, welcome, welcome to righteousness in God. Thank you. We give you praise. Come on, let's sing it again. Amazing grace. Amazing grace. That saved. You were a wretch, I once, but now, but now, was blind, but now I see these chains. I've been set free. My God, my Savior. Like a flood, yes, like a unending love. Amazing, amazing. Just your voices, a cappella. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved. Like me, I once, but now was blind, but now I see. My chains are gone. My chains are gone. I've been set free. My God. And like a heart ending love, 
Amazing. And like a flood. <laughs> Unending love. Amazing grace. Amazing grace. Father, thank you for what you've done tonight. Bless your people, God. We do have prophetic teams, I believe. Minister Ava, may I have your attention, please? Are we ready for our, our teams tonight? Very good. We have some prophetic teams, some prayer teams that are going to come. If you'd respond to come to the front right now. And for those of you that want to be prayed over, want a word from the Lord for you to judge and weigh, you can come and get in one front of one of these different ones. It'll be teams that'll be up here, and they'll pray and prophesy over you. And you can get a word from the Lord and... Go and pray and apply that to your life as he leads you. Amen. Don't forget, for all of you that are formal members, I need you to vote tonight. We have uh, a voting for uh, board members here from Alaska. We have represented uh, Sheree Reese. Sheree, are you in the congregation tonight? Sheree, would you come to the front for just a moment? And uh, Jared, uh, Sheree and Jared, Sheree is the one that's nominated Amen. Supported by her husband in that role. Sheree, if you'd just come for a moment. And then also, yeah. Paul Hurley, are you here? Paul Hurley, are you in the house? Paul Hurley, would you come? Would you just stand here for one moment right here up on the stairs so people can see you and they can see you online? Paul, where are you? Would you come right here, Paul? Yeah, you can bring your wife with you too. Is Jared here also? Okay. I just wanted you to see them. These are two great families, and they're both nominated. We'll vote for either one. It'll just one that'll be on the board. Thank you for allowing your name to come forward. We appreciate all you do. Thank you again, Paul, for allowing your name to, become, to come forward. You can get a list of all the board members. There's other board members we're voting for that are not here, but our vote counts for all of them. You can vote uh, at tonight and then take off or you can stick around for the meeting that starts in one and a half hours is that right one and a half hours from now you say well that's late i know that it's a worldwide meeting and it's being broadcast simultaneously from hawaii anybody can come not anybody can vote you got to be a formal member to vote you say i want to be a formal okay well you got to go through our class and we'll have one of those in the weeks to come so you'll be able to be a part of that Next year, all the finances, anybody can see all of that. It's all an open book. We do everything with absolute integrity and righteousness here. Amen. Let me bless you. Again, if you want prayer, need a prophetic word, you come see these teams. Let me bless you. Father, thank you so much for what you've done. Lord, bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon us. Lift up your countenance towards us. Be gracious to us. Keep us and give us peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.